Welcome, Welcome to, to Arcade, Arcade Attack. Attack. Player, Player one, one, please press start. Gentlemen, start your engines. Player two has now entered the game. Player three, choose your weapon. Beat em ups. Oof. Ah. I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> one of I I well, uh, it's up there with one of my favourite genres. You know, when I was growing up as a kid, I loved a good beat em up. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I know that. Oh, up. hang on. We should clarify. Beat em up. What we really mean is one on one fighting game, don't we? Oh yes, we don't mean. We're not talking about Streets of Rage, Final well. Fight. Today we're talking about one on one yeah, fights. We are. And before I go any further, I want to let me introduce. We we all know everyone here by now. We've got in the in the one corner, Keith. Hello. Versus Dylan. Wouldn't it be amazing if I said my name was something else just that, to throw you? That would be funny, wouldn't it? My name is Zanzibar. Zanzibar. Well, we and Adrian. Adrian. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's here as well. I mean, so. I'm ready to discuss. Let's do it. I want to kick it off really before we get real into the the, the deep games today. I want to kick off about. What's our views on what makes a good one-on-one beaten? One-on-one, not side scroller. We're not talking streets of rage right now. We're mm. talking one-on-one. One-on-one is that one-on-one fighter? Yeah. One-on-one beat 'em up. Beat 'em up. I keep on thinking streets of rage and final fight. One-on-one fighter. Well, yeah. One-on-one one fighter. Yeah. Or, yeah. Tournament fighter. Tournament fighter. Oh god, we could. One man pitch, versus another pitch man. Fighter. Well, one man slash woman versus another man slash woman slash yeah. creature or slash creature slash robot slash robot, robot slash clown slash monkey slash we're going to get into yeah. that in a moment but yeah <laughs> right so obviously the big there's two huge franchises even today isn't there about the the one on one beat 'em up they're still going yeah they're still going strong and I'm a fan of them both uh, good old Street Fighter let's say Street Fighter two really is that fair yeah, yeah because Street Fighter one was an odd arcade slash Amiga game that not many pants. people liked. Yeah, so that that we we like Street Fighter. Street Fighter yeah. Two and its many many many. We you know what that proves. That proves it means that even if you have a bad game, why not make a sequel? Why not try and do something a bit different? Yeah, 
Try again. I wonder if there's an... What, did that work with any other games we can think of? Like, no. bad first games, but the sequels have got really good. Ooh, that's a good... That's another podcast, isn't it? I can't think of anything. I don't know. Oh, that's a good Where the first game's almost brushed under the carpet, like it doesn't exist. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. We'll, we'll come back there is to one. this. I we'll come back to that. that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a the good other, the other game, the other, they came a little bit late in the Street Fighter. Mortal Kombat, get over here, <laughs> finish him. Brilliant. I mean, they both brought a lot to the table. I'm sure. Again, we might do a separate podcast. I'm sure on this one day. What do we prefer? Oh, one day, one day, one, we'll one of these days, one of these days. Yeah. But why do you think those games still stand out? Why were they so good at the time? Why are they still? They were crazy out? playable. Boom. I don't know. I don't think Mortal Kombat is that playable, to be honest. Ooh. What? Mortal Kombat is what? That's a that's a I, I, that's think, a bit I think it's playable. That's a bit harsh. It's not, I mean, it's not unplayable, but I mean, it's not even a contest between the original Street. Oh no! If you're going to compare Kombat. them, Street Fighter Two as playability was on another another level. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Mortal Kombat had a great a great deal of playability. I had the Master System version, and that Yikes. was crazy playable. Wow! You could, you could like like um, all of Raiden's moves were like you could do the the torpedo y thing. Nice. Yes. Don't get me easy, wrong. Easy, I like Mortal easy, Kombat. Easy. I just. I think they were both really stylish for the time. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, Street Fighter 2 had the big arcade graphics coming to you. Yeah, digitised sprites. Yeah, digitised Oh, no, sorry. So Street Fighter, did you say? Street Fighter, I said. Oh, Street Fighter, yeah. Mortal Kombat had some cartoon kind of yeah. anime look. Mortal Kombat had the Kombat, the digitised sprites and the blood and the gore. Yeah. So between the two of them, they pretty much covered all bases yeah. as far as beat-em-ups. I mean, there were other sort of imposters that came in at the time that were quite popular, so like art fighting, things like that. Oh yes, yeah, SNK games. The near, yeah, the near Fatal Fury games. and stuff. Yeah, Fatal Fury. Well, that's I we like those. I like those. I like Fatal Fury. I, I, I love a I, bit I, of uh, Andy Bogard. Yeah, <laughs> I spent a lot of money on the arcades on Fatal Fury, mm. Fatal Fury Two, and the Mega Drive version was pretty good. Actually, the the Mega Drive Fatal Fury yeah, came out before Street Fighter Did Two, it? so it was Ooh. kind of a like an, it was like an appetizer. I remember renting that as well. Before. That was a good yeah. game. Yeah, right. Well, as Dylan said, obviously the success of Street Fighter Two and Mortal Kombat. Made it a genre that was a big earner. Mm. God, there were a lot of rip-offs of Street Fighter 2 and Mortal Kombat. And we ain't got time to talk about all of them today. Oh, that would take a year, a minimum, <laughs> minimum to talk about many how many moons. there was. Many, many moons. Many but I thought it'd be kind of fun to look at three kind of more alternative. I mean, some of the titles we're going to talk today are well known, not quite the same level, but you know, not maybe a little bit more obscure. I want to look at three other titles and uh, just compare yeah, let's, them. Let, let's share with the readers three titles they might not have played. Uh, I know a couple of these they probably wouldn't have played. One of them, yeah. they, one one of of them, them they one may of them, well have. Yeah, one of them they're, they're probably more likely to play than the other two. But we'll have a, you know, they've got some interesting things about them and different things that you know developers try to do to distinguish themselves mm. from Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter 2 whilst you know retaining that Inherent. That's right. One on oneness. That's right. The, yeah, the exactly. one on one. Well, I think we'll kick off with uh, with Keith and Keith's choice. So, yes. Over to you, my friend. So my choice is probably. Is it fair to say the most well known of the three? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Of the three that we're going to discuss today, definitely. But it's fairly well known, but it's not it, as well known as it should be. Yeah, it's well known in the retro gaming circles, but yeah. to the wider world, it might have become a bit of a forgotten. Yeah, kind of relic. And you own a. Co- I want to say now that you own a copy of it. Yes, no emulation here. And we uh, played. A nice we played copy of it. Yeah, we played your copy of it. We did play it. And and where uh, did you get it from? It was quite. It was, did you get like a tenner or something? I paid seven pounds ninety nine pence Ooh, for yeah. it from PlayNation Games in Croydon. Oh yeah, PlayNation. Hello. Hello. Yeah. It's Eternal Champions on the Mega Drive. 
Hey! You're supposed to get a reaction. I, well, actually, I, to go, again, I, I used to. I was too busy taking a sip of drink. That's why I was. <laughs> I, I, so I was gobsmacked. That's why I didn't talk. And I used to own it as a kid. I put a lot of hours into it, but unfortunately, I have no longer owned my copy. Oh I, no! I lent it to someone at my old school, and he never yeah. gave it back. I will not say the name. Thief. Yeah. Thief. Give it back. So, yeah, Eternal Champions on the Sega Mega Drive. I didn't say that bit. Kind of on a Sega Mega Drive. Was it Sega exclusive? Oh, boom. Um, came out in North America in December 1993. And Good month for you, December Hell yeah. <laughs> and in, in the PAL regions in January 1994. Um, and it yet yeah, developed and published by Sega for the Mega Drive. And it was one of the few fighting games from that time that was developed from the ground up. As a console game. That's right. When you think about most of the one fighters, they were all arcade ports. Mm. So that was something new. Um, and obviously, Sega saw the success of Mortal Kombat yeah. and Street Fighter. Yeah. And they rubbed their hands together. They grabbed little mitts and thought, hmm, I want some of that. We want some of that. And so. They got some of that. They got <laughs> some of that. But they tried to do it a little bit differently. Rather than just, I mean, shares a lot of similarities with those games, mm. but how could they set themselves apart? Mm. How could they do that? And so what they did is they tried to go, these games are generally light on story, yep. light on character background, mm. you know, yep. light on plot. Um, yeah, but they decided What's to- Zangief story? Exactly. Zangief, wrestler, Russian, boom, there you go. There he <laughs> is, done. Um, and so, they tried to place a heavier emphasis on the story, and so you had characters from different time periods. Oh. Um, there was fights with weapons. There was a training mode that was new. Mm-hmm. You know, again, yeah. common now in fighting games. Yep. Yeah, not so much then. Um, and it's fair to say they borrowed a little bit from Mortal Kombat with the spectacular finishing moves. Yes. Can you remember what they were called? Ah, oh, it wasn't finishing moves, was it? No, it, it wasn't, wasn't fatality. Fatality. Oh. Like, can you remember what it was? I did, did someone tip on my tongue? It's a pretty cool name. I know, I can remember something cool, I can't remember what it was. Overkill. Overkill. Yes. Yeah. Overkill. Overkill. Um, and another thing they did in this game, which it was probably hinted at in some of the other fighting games, but wasn't really visible. Each character practices a different style of martial art. Mm. And so that meant that there was a bit more depth yep. to mm. the gameplay. Mm-hmm. And you had to be a bit more committed in learning each character. Mm. So again, all these kind of things that they were trying to do. There's also a special attack meter that they had in yes. Eternal Champions up in the top left or top right, depending if you play one or play two. Uh. Little yin yang symbol. Yeah, Ooh. the yin yang symbol. And yeah, it decreases whenever you do a special yeah. move. So very you could good. end up in a position where you can't use your special moves until it charges back up. That's again, quite... these kind of meters yeah. became really common. Especially in the Street Fighter series. Yeah, really common in later years. Mm. But in 1993-94, this was all new. And so you could see Sega were really trying to, I'm not going to say think outside the box, but that's what I mean. Well, you come up say with these new beat, ideas. Beat outside the box. <laughs> no, no, we won't say that. Um, and yeah, the listeners so, can't see my face at that joke, can they? <laughs> yeah, stony face. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, so, okay, well, I'll tell you what, we talked about the story and how there's a big story. So yeah. I'll give you the little plot, I'll give you the background. Oh, the yes, plot. please. I, I never get tired. The... I never, ever get tired of hearing okay. the plot for this, but go on. Okay, now. An omniscient being known as the Eternal Champion has predicted that mankind will soon fade from existence due to the untimely and unjust deaths of key individuals throughout history who were destined for greatness. 
God, that's so true you've nerd today. <laughs> it's true. It is true. <laughs> and seeking to restore balance to the world, the eternal champion gathers these souls from time, moments before their deaths, to participate in a fighting tournament. The victor will be able to change their fate and bring balance to the universe. Whilst the losers will be forced oh. to live out their deaths just as history intended. Ooh. What a plot! That's dark. Go. It is pretty dark, isn't it? Yeah. It's like mankind's going to wipe it's itself out, and these characters are all about to it's die. It's true. I don't actually think mankind has that many years left. I think we're all going to end up blowing each other up. So, so this, this plot could take happen. it down. <laughs> what? <laughs> we're all going to die. Gonna we die. better start learning individual new fighting skills. I think we, we should, and some overkills. Overkills, yeah, yeah because we're going to be, yeah, we're going to be in that tournament because we're going to change the world. Yeah, baby. One podcast at a time. Anyway. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Another thing as well about this game that was interesting is unlike most fighting games or video games in general, there's no characters that are specifically bad or evil. Hmm. Yeah, they're all just kind of... They're, they're all important. Each of the characters have been chosen by the Eternal Champion because they're either inherently good or they have the potential to do great good and change the course of history for the wow. better. And so despite the overkills and things, they're not really relevant to the story. Mm. They're just kind of there for fun. Yeah. Part of it. So they're not canon in terms of the whole story no. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So there's there's the story. So we'll have a, have a little look at some of the characters as well. Oh yes, please. Can you remember any of the characters? Or any that like, pop pop into your mind when you think of the champion? The girl with the dark hair. I forget her name. Shadow. Shadow. Yeah. There yeah. you go. As soon as I said it. <laughs> I like the. Um, she was my favorite. The fish guy. Trident. That's him. <laughs> yeah, fish guy. Who was the um, Dick Tracy bloke? Yes. Larson. Oh, Larson. Oh, I love that guy. And he had like spiked knuckle dusters. Oh my God. Yeah. So and a grappling stylish. Hook. And a grappling hook. Why can't you do grappling hook? Just oh these my are grappling God. Hooks. This game just oozes style. Wasn't there a witch? Or, or, or imagine um, Yeah. Uh, his name is Z- Xavier Pendragon. Right. So oh, Xavier. Yeah. Wizard, I take it then. Yeah. Um, he was a former blacksmith. Uh, but he oh. also practices... Some dark arts. Dark yeah. arts. I'll give you a little rundown quickly then on the, on the characters. Yeah. So you've got Slash, who is a member of Guns N' Roses. Yeah. <laughs> and also, Casey's cave- very important. So <laughs> very important. A caveman from the prehistoric um, Great Rift Valley in fifty five gives you the precise time that, as well. Yeah, the precise it. year that they were about to die. Yeah. Looks, fifty thousand BC. Wow. He looks like is it Beast Man out of Human? Is it? Yeah, a bit. Yeah. A little bit like it. Anyway. So you've got a caveman character, yeah. why not? And the Trident, who's a green gladiator from the year 110 BC. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Xavier Pendragon, former blacksmith from Salem. Oh. 1692. Yep. So the time of the Salem witch trials and all that kind of stuff going on in the background. Jetta. Oh, yeah, Jetta. Like, yeah, she was the Russian acrobat from 1899. Oh. And in the game's instruction manual, I think that's all about fine details that they went into in the story. Yeah. In the instruction manual, it mentions that she was one of the cousins of Tsar Nicholas II. Wow. Oh. So there you go. That's a... She's Russian royalty. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Larson, who's an ex-cat burglar who was working for the mob in 1920 Chicago. Mitchell Middleton Knight, a.k.a. Midnight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you were called that, that would be a nickname, wouldn't it? And this is a strange one as well, because when you see him, you think, oh, he's like a vampire. His backstory... He's a London-born biochemical scientist working for the CIA in 1967. Oh I like this guy. I like this guy. It's crazy. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, Shadow Yamato, who I mentioned before, who's a female assassin from Japan in the historical year of 1993. 
Jonathan Blade, who is the bounty hunter guy. He oh, yeah, looks a too. bit like Blade. Yeah, he does look like Blade yeah. slash um, what's uh, Geordie LaForge. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A bounty hunter, formerly a police officer, born in Syria, raised in Africa. Mm. Interesting life. From the year 2030, the futuristic oh, right, yeah, year yeah. 2030. <laughs> yeah. uh, Rax, Rax Coswell. Yeah. Mr. Coswell. A professional please. Muay Thai. Muay Thai? Muay Thai. How do you say that? Is it Muay Thai? Muay Thai, isn't Mai it? Muay Thai. As a drink. Mai yeah, Muay Thai is a drink. <laughs> Muay Thai fighter from the year 2345, and he's ah. a cyborg. Ah. Like, laser terminator. And that's all the playable characters, and then you've got the Eternal Champion, of course, who is the protector of the balance of good, mm. but he's also the final boss. Ah. Yeah. Um, and they've all got the different overkills, as we mentioned. Yeah. So they've all got their own fighting styles, and they've all got their own overkills. Um, and they're, they're, all, they're all pretty cool. Um, some of them look a little bit naff now, when you watch yeah. them back. But most of them are quite fun. Um, Slash's overkill, you get eaten by a T-Rex. Eaten whole, might Ooh. I add, by a T-Rex. They choose you up good. Um, <laughs> Trident's one, you get pulled underwater and mauled to death by carnivorous plants. Ooh, yes. Pretty nasty, pretty nasty. Yeah. I should say, the overkills were kind of activated, a bit like the fatality in Mortal Kombat, but your um, opponent had to be in a certain part of the stage as well for it to work. That's right, yeah, it's kind so of actually now. very complicated. But if you get to I work, never managed to put any of They were hard to put off, weren't yeah. they? And some that you had to do it on certain backgrounds, didn't you? Is that right? You couldn't always do it. You had to do it on your character, so you had to be playing on your character's yeah. background. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of pressure. So, yeah. It's pressure because, you know, the more combat ones you can put off. You can do them anywhere. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the thing. The overkills relate to the stage oh. more than the character. They didn't want to overkill it, did they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Xavier's one at the Salem Witch Trials, because in the background you've got like a stake fire yeah. and your body gets burned at the stake um, Jetta's stage you get swallowed up by an earthquake Larson's one's pretty cool you get killed in a drive by shooting oh yeah I've seen that 20s one. gangsters oh. um, Midnight's level uh, the loser receives a napalm bomb straight to the corpse oh wow. no <laughs> uh, Shadow's one which Shadow stage is like a, I suppose it's Tokyo like on some mm. rooftop and there's like neon signs yes. and stuff you get electrocuted by the neon sign um, Blades one as well is quite memorable. You get kicked into an exhaust fan and chopped up into little pieces. I've seen that one as well. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, and Rax is one because in the future you get frozen, disintegrated, and then these robots come and sweep you up. <laughs> <laughs> so that's actually quite funny. But that's that one. Yeah. Now, gameplay. Yeah. What would you use to play this game? You'd use your Mega Drive controller. Of course. Where you could either do the three button and press start. To switch between punches and kicks or you do the sensible thing and get yourself a six button controller yeah. or oh there's not a different there's no other option or what you'd buy yourself the sega activator wow do you guys know what the sega activator i don't even know what that ah. is it's so scary <laughs> you're getting some bonus content today listeners. Okay. what's that right now trivia for you this game was the second packaged game to be included with the sega activator and now what it was, it was um, uh, so it was a big plastic red ring that went on the floor and it was wow. infrared activated and you stood in it and you punched and kicked to activate the character's oh, moves. Are you serious? I am deadly serious. Wow. Now I don't know how well it worked. You haven't tried it, And it was, no, I haven't tried it. Oh. I don't even know if you can get hold of one. Oh. But yeah, it was a peripheral, I don't even know if it got like a worldwide release because I don't remember it being advertised oh. at the time. 
No, I don't but I've it's seen. Def- look it up on YouTube. Look up the adverts in North America. It's an American. Yeah, I, I was think it's probably well, an American question. If you've done a two-player fight, do you need two of these things? Oh, probably, probably, yeah. <laughs> you've probably got one of you standing each other. Unless someone's sitting there with the controller. Um, oh. But yeah, it was one of the few games that actually recognised the activator and took advantage of most of its features. Wow, yeah. that's, well, that's a great fact. And that's another weird little fact, weird. the player using the activator was given an advantage of receiving 15% less and inflicting 50% more damage than the player using what? a regular controller. Well, to compensate <laughs> for how unresponsive it was. Probably. <laughs> it reminds me of like the power glove, maybe. It just doesn't yeah. work properly very well. But <laughs> they probably should have done the power glove as well. Like, yeah, you get all <laughs> yeah. these... You little know. known peripheral. Handicap. I mean, I hadn't even really heard of it, but oh, yeah, I've look never it heard up of on it. YouTube. Look it up on YouTube. Please get one, Keith. Please. Sega Activator. Sega I Activator. Know, I don't know which other games were compatible with it, but Ooh. Eternal Champions. Uh, what about well, Vic? Street of Race Three, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Street of Race Three. Anyway, I'll drop by that. So, uh, so what do you guys remember about playing Eternal Champions? How amazing it looked. Yeah. How game, crazy, and it looked like a film noir. And it, it's like a film noir beat 'em up. It's quite dark game. Really dark, mm. and I love the backdrops, and it's just it's super stylish. Each you of the levels, were, yeah, each of the levels are really oh, it just really stood so out. And I remember thinking that the st- stills of it don't do it justice. Actually, if you look at stills, mm. especially from review like reviews back in the the early nineties on yeah, magazines, yeah. it looked. Kind of grainy, you know, mm. it, it looked rough around the edges. But when you see it moving, my God, it, it is a thing of beauty. Mm. I think it pushed the Mega Drive to it to almost its limits. Really, did it have a massive car, like yeah. twenty-four meg car? It was twenty-four meg, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember playing. I remember putting hours into it just to, oh, just to get it. the overkills yeah. and and I really enjoyed. It's a tough game though. I found mm. it hard. I'm not going to say I was good at it. Yeah, it, no, it is hard. And, and even if you pull up a special move, it's like oh look. And because it, it, even then, the special moves was difficult. I mm. thought really mastering it. But subtleties. It wasn't. Again, you can have a quick go. But again, if you got really good at it, you can. Well, I, I, I yeah, I do enjoy. Yeah, it well, like we said earlier, it's one of the first game one-on-one fighters that had a training mode. Yeah, mm. oh, boy. You need to, if you're going to get anywhere in a tournament, you need to use the <laughs> yeah, and you have to because it's so it's difficult, really brutal. If you just start the game, they, they will block all your attacks, yeah, yeah. And it's crazy, just yeah. most get most one on one fighting games, you'd be able to get through at least a few rounds, yeah. I did not take mashing the, the buttons, curve. but this is not you cannot win by mashing buttons. I mean, that's good in a way, it's maybe not so accessible to just pick up and play. But I think it's, um, you know. Yeah, I mean that is is that is that a, is it a product of it being a console first, well, console only game as yeah, opposed maybe. to arcade port. Trying to get that arcade ports. Yeah, arcade yeah. ports have that natural sort of. It's a steep. It's a steep difficulty because it wants to take all your money. Mm. But the first couple of fights on Street Fighter or something, you can whiz through those at the exactly, arcade. Exactly. Yeah. But and then you're into okay. But the thing is, it's kind of a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because the good thing about that is it makes you want to play more Street Fighter. I suppose. But yeah. if you play a couple of games of Eternal Champions, you're like, you get oh really my god, I with cannot it. do this. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Will it put you off trying? Mm. So it's, it's difficult balance that. I, think, I pick it up to, to look at it, mm. uh, but it's hard to, like you said, it's, I don't feel like, oh, oh, I just finished work today. I'm going to have a nice, relaxing uh, Grind game of, on Eternal yeah, Champions. <laughs> Champions. It's not, you know. Mm. It's, it, it loses that so I think they, they deserve a bit of kudos for trying to do something different yeah. with yeah. with that genre yeah. but it's it's suffered a little bit for it I think 
definitely. It was a very well received game as well. Um, I haven't gone to the liberty of writing down individual review scores, but I think it was pretty mm. universally praised by the Sega magazine. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, they've got nineties. Yeah, nineties, eighties. Yeah. I think it was just people were happy to see another contender. Oh yeah. You know, of course there were because there weren't many. No, not proper ones that could compete. No, against there were a lot of clones. Yeah, there yeah, were a lot of many, clones, many, but many, ones that are actually worthy of almost Mortal Kombat, almost Street Fighter Two. They were. Mm. A great deal of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no. Cool. So, Me please. before I've got positives and negatives, mm-hmm. I think if we're all going to talk about a game each, we have to sort of. Yeah, it's not a one. It's not a face-off as such, but yeah, yeah it's good. We'll to look, look at the good and the bad. But before we get there, I just want to mention the sequels and spin-offs. Oh yeah. yeah. So the first sequel, first sequel, the sequel, <laughs> Eternal Champions: Challenge from the Dark Side. Mm-hmm. It's a Mega CD game. Um, and it's I've never heard of it. You don't have it. I, I've, I've heard. heard of it. Well, I don't. Know. Yeah, carry no, on. I've heard it. Yeah. What were you going to say? I've heard it's very good. I heard it's it supposed to be arguably the definitive version of the game. Is that yeah. What's well, so all these mega CD games? I'm going to be amazing. I, I don't have mega CD. Buy me a mega CD. <laughs> you want to buy me a mega CD? Um, yeah. So it's pretty much more of the same. Um, kept the special attack meter and things like that, but it made most of the special attacks use less of the meter, and so it meant that you could use more of his special moves and things like that because I don't know if that was, maybe they felt like something that needed tweaking. Uh, um, there's different um, finishing moves added. Um, there's a second overkill in each stage called a sudden death which could be activated when the victim still had a little bit of their life left right. so it didn't have to be completely knocked out. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, the vendetta move and the cine kill. And the combo attacks were also introduced because it wasn't really combos yeah, in the first one. No. Not like there was in Street Fighter. Um, you could link your jumping attack to a ground attack etc etc um, and also it was significantly more violent and bloody than its predecessor oh. especially, especially in the finishing moves and some of those are quite gory in the original oh, so yeah, that's, yeah, that's true yeah. so yeah so that's that's Mega CD and it's quite sought after the game now as well um, and a third and final title yeah. Eternal Champions the final chapter was advertised for the Sega Saturn <gasps> <gasps> And I believe, even on some of the original Sega Saturn boxes, you know when you used to, back then, I don't, actually they still do, I think, when you yeah, buy a new console, yeah. pictures of upcoming games, yeah. it was a, it was on the box. Oh my God. On some of the original Saturn boxes. It was boxes. right there. How, um, how did it sell? How well did it sell, Keith? It was cancelled <laughs> shortly after beginning production. Boo. In order to push Virtual Fighter oh. in the United States. Man. Now, I like Virtual Fighter, but can't we have both? Yeah, well, according to the game's executive producer and lead designer, Mr. Michael Latham, this, Ooh, de- hello, Michael. Yes. this decision was made by Sega in Japan. And they felt that oh, Eternal Champions... Sega Japan Sega and their Japan, decisions. Sega of Japan oh. felt that Eternal Champions, which had got a lot of attention and yeah. done really well in North America, was stopping Virtual Fighter from being more successful. Oh. God, they they've got some egos yeah. on them, those Japanese Sega guys. And they oh. felt that it would be better if the company focused on only one franchise. Oh. And essentially, this killed Eternal Champions for a time. Overkilled it. Overkilled it, yeah. And it's obviously, Sega's a Japanese company, mm. and despite protests from Sega of America, their side won. Um, and from, from a kind of a Japanese view, this game never existed, despite Eternal Champions having huge sales. That is crazy. Um, there was yeah. even, and apparently there was even offers to do a cartoon and comic books. Whoa. But Sega of Japan were not interested. Add it, add it to another list of bad decisions they mm. made 
Sega could have been mm. um, as big as Nintendo are now, rather than just a third party yeah, um, no, software it's, developer it's, who makes the occasional. We have to do. We'll do a podcast one day. Why Sega messed it all? Well, well, Bad I'm decisions s- of Sega in Japan. I've yeah. got a long list. Well, volume one. Yeah, <laughs> volume one. Um, and yeah, and there's, we've got more in, in, more information about all of that. And a whole lot more about Eternal Champions on our website because Agent recently conducted a really interesting interview with Michael Latham. Crazy, in- I think crazy really interesting. It's proper exclusives in there. I know mm. it's been rumours that's going to be a new game, and I think he gave us a lot of information about it. And he gave us a lot of exclusives, and mm. we, we like it when people give us exclusives. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're only a little blog. We're, 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 yeah. you know, what's the what, what, what's the um, the new? Game. Are we allowed to say what it's called? Ooh. Are we allowed? Is, he allowed? No, he, is uh, this confidential information? No, because he get, he he's allowing us to show the interview and he said it in the interview. Oh, so that's true. I think that's it's fair. True. What's it no. called? It is called Eternal Successors. Ooh. Oh yeah, Eternal Successors, like baby. I think, um, and I don't want to read the interview more information, but I think mm. he's he needs to be careful about the characters. I don't think he's got the complete rights to the original. So it's, yeah. it's a success. It's a spiritual successor. Yeah, champions. I think they'll probably be a bit of like loosely based on yeah. um, things like that. But. but I've got credit for him, and actually, he's, he was being very, very nice to me. And he sent me the original document for the Eternal yeah, Champions. Amazing. It was over about five hundred pages long, you know, and it's so it's got like all the story treatment wow. and stuff like that, drawing, scanned in, oh, wow. the whole control system. I mean, thank you, Michael, for your listening. It was a real pleasure to look through, mm. and it's a proper piece of um, history. We're not allowed to share that, are we? No, I, no, I'm not willing to share that. I don't think it's really... No. But it was very nice of him to share it to me, really. I feel yeah. privileged, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah, big thank you to Michael Latham. So, yeah, mm. check that interview out. It's on the website at arcadeattack.co.uk. Um, and the, just before we come to the end of my little bit, there's two games which are spin-offs to the main Eternal Champion series. I don't mm. know if you guys have heard about these... I probably have, but I probably don't know. The, I probably don't know of the link they're to. Cons- they're considered. I don't know the link to Eternal Champions. They're considered as being part of an alternate universe to the main story of the games. Um, the first one is called Chicago Syndicate, and it's an action game released for the Game Gear. Wow! What the hell! In nineteen ninety-five. What? Game Gear, nineteen ninety-five. Oh, this sounds cool. How? And uh, I, I don't know much about it, but the plot is based in an alternate reality where Larson did not die in 1920, as stated in Eternal Champions, and now seeks revenge on the Chicago Mafia. Wow! So that is one to look out for if you're a good. Game Gear collector. Who on earth is a Game Gear? No, I'm sure there are some sure people. No, like you know, if you're looking for an interesting game for your Game Gear, that sounds pretty interesting. That is about as interesting a game yeah. as you can get for that console. And now the other one I've seen and played. And oh my god, it's called Experts. That's X P E R T S. Um, it's a side scrolling beat em up and it was released in 1996 for oh. Mega Drive. No, I've not seen that. And like, it, like Chicago Syndicate, its plot's based in an alternate reality, this time one where Shadow Yamato did not die in 1993 and oh. instead formed a vigilante group. Oh, now, I want to get on, the, this, on her dark side. <laughs> this is one of the last, it's actually one of the last ever officially released Mega Drive games. Whoa! Um, it uses digitised sprites um, and it's, it's a side scrolling beat em up. It's awful. Oh no! <laughs> so bad. I thought, I thought you were going to say it's awesome. It's awesome! No, it's terrible. Oh, no. It's really, really bad. Oh, think, I want to um, play it. 
Rise of the Robots. It's because it's a scrolling beat em up slash action game. Oh. You have to go and open doors and unlock stuff, but you just also scroll, uh, sort of waddle along and punch people. Is it a bit like. Do you ever play Tekken 3? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Do you remember the side scrolly bit of Tekken 3? Oh, no, I've never played Oh, no, it sounds a bit yeah. like that. I think they've just. I think Tekken ripped that off. Possibly. But this <laughs> oh. did not work at all. It Do you know terrible. what? There isn't ever a truly original game now. Every, not anymore. Everything. Something no. borrows. Yeah, we've got to the stage where something borrows something off something. Yeah, pretty, so. yeah. But yeah, it was one of the last games on the Mega Drive. Um, I don't know why they thought a spin off of Eternal yeah. Champions with Digital Champions. was pretty Spires nice, and... let's be honest. She's a nice she's lady. Cool. You yeah. would like to make a game for her. Yeah, so, yeah I and suppose. She's a bit blazish, I suppose, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. So it kind of. There were. There were viable crossovers mm. there. Yeah. It's got like, you know, the sprites are really big, but they've got like two frames of animation. Oh, and that never looks The same good. enemy just rolls in and out. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, that never looks Really, good. really bad. Um, so, yeah, so the two spin offs there, as well as the Mega CD sequel. Wow. Which you may not, well, obviously you guys haven't heard of. So, you know, experts. Them at some point. Check out <laughs> Experts. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so come come to the, to the end of my little Eternal Champions talk. Good game. Positives, negatives. Okay. See if you guys agree. Positives. We've mentioned it already. Real alternative for Mega Drive owners mm-hmm. to Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. Something to rub in the faces of SNES owners. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's always good. We like that. Mm-hmm. Detailed story. Much more attention given to the plot than any other fighting game mm-hmm. at the time. Which is, you know, it's all, for a console game, you want that bit more depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Deep gameplay with all the different fighting styles and the moves to learn and the overkills and stuff. We haven't really mentioned it, but I think the soundtrack's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's quite interesting. I like it. Um, it feels like a lot of effort went into making it sound a bit different. It's not like a throwaway stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I quite like that. I think it's pretty good. Good music. Um, nice variation in the stages. We did mention this already. Mm-hmm. Stage is really cool. Some really memorable backgrounds like 1920s Chicago. I want to say it again. It's gorgeous and, uh, to yeah, look at. 1920s Chicago and the Salem Witch Trials and stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, and the overkills are really fun if you ever get good enough to pull them off. So that's my list of positives. Can you think of any more? I think you covered it, my friend. Pretty good. Yeah. You covered it, like. Agree with that, thing. all that. Yeah, I can't think of any other positives. Negatives. It's not a long list, but it's a list. Controls can be a little bit complicated. Mm. So it's not necessarily an easy game to just pick up and play like Street yeah. Fighter 2. You can't pick this up and do a Hadouken motion and expect anything to really happen. No. <laughs> you it can't. doesn't, and then you're like, oh. You're like, oh, oh that usually does something on exactly. a fighting game. No, it doesn't this time. happen. doesn't happen. Not this time. So it's maybe not as accessible as it could have been. Yeah. Yeah. But, but they wanted to just like different. Yeah. So yeah. I'd say go on then. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I think that kind I think of, I suffered actually for it. I, I was going to say, I think that kind of, if we're talking now about maybe mm. saying to people, check these games out, mm. I think it's maybe suffered because of that. You can go back and pick up original Mortal Kombat or original Street Fighter 2. In like two seconds, yeah. Yeah. Enjoying that. Familiarity. Yeah. But it's very hard to just get into. So, I don't know. Maybe it added some long, longevity to the console game at the time, but mm. now it doesn't help. Um, this is this might just be me, although the graphics are really good. The whole game has a really purpley, greeny look to it. Uh, like there's a there's so much purple in this game. Yeah, I think the one thing I like purple. I like 
But you see, I love purple. You so love I don't purple. I don't mind it at all. <laughs> but, uh, do you know what? Do you know what? I think I think it looks purple because it's Why? all in night. It's all in nighttime, isn't it? Yeah, not all of it. I don't know. Um, Quite a lot. I of think they. Ma- I think they mean for it. To but be like even like Ratlace, the, the cyborg dude, his metal armor or his cyborgy bits are we, like a purpley shade of blue. Yeah, but it's all <laughs> it's nice. All and, blue. It's all nice purple. and dark and. Moody. Mm. Yeah. Purple is a moody colour. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. we're not allowing that as a negative. <laughs> no, because if you put, <laughs> Ah, because the alternative would to use black and black doesn't look great on computer games. When you when you use a solid black in video games. Do you think that's why? So instead of the black it's so. purple. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think so because think about it. Imagine all of it black now and mm. all of like the It purple, would be really dark. It would look really Okay, dark. I'll allow it. And you can't sca- you can't scale black, can you? It's just black. Yeah. Whereas purple, you've never known something. Our resident game developer has put me straight on why <laughs> Eternal Champions is so purple. It's a purple. There you go. Um, this one might be a bit harsh, especially as we've talked so you know favorably about the story and stuff. I don't think the characters are that memorable. Oh, that's a little bit. Harsh. A lot of effort's gone into the story. Something, yeah, you're right. Something doesn't quite click yeah. about like their stories and things sound way cool. Yeah, and like, but they just don't have that kind of charisma. There's no personality. They don't have the charisma of the Mortal Kombat characters or the Street Fighter. Def- yeah. Definitely Street Fighter. Do you know characters. what I mean? Mm. That's, that's crazy. crazy. Some it's about... a hard thing to pin down. And how do you put that in a game? It's, it's you can't. It's it's intangible. It is intangible. You can't. You know, look. Uh, it's partly because they've been around so long. But Ken and Ken and Ryu have been yeah. beloved for nearly 30 years, you know? Mm. And they're just two guys in their... In their gi. In their gi. Yeah, that's bad. You know, it's a good intangible. Although, you know, like we did at the beginning when we asked about which characters you remember, everyone kind of remembers Larson because it is unusual yeah. to have like 1920s... Larson and Shadow are pretty much the two yeah. that I remember yeah. like off the, really off the, top, off of the top of your head. Yeah. But yeah, not really memorable characters and I think nah. that's a shame. Yeah. And yeah, whether, whether you love or hate Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat, hmm. damn. You know the characters, yeah. You could probably name all of their original characters. Oh yeah, easy. Should we try it quickly? Oh dear. What, the more, what, so let's do the, the original eight Street Fighter 2 characters. Oh, easy. Ryan, um, Ken, Guile, Chun-Li, Blanka, Zangief. Oh. Dalsin. Dalsin, yep. Yeah. E Honda. E Honda. That's eight. That's more combat, maybe slightly tougher. Okay. But that was eight as well, Scorpion, wasn't it? Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Sub-Zero yeah. Raiden, Johnny Cage, Johnny Raiden, Luke Kang, Luke Kang, Sonya. Sonya. Yeah. Uh, ooh, oh, that's Kano. 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 Oh, I wasn't... Oh, yeah. Uh, no Max. No. Was there another? Hold on. I think there was eight. Was there seven? Seven's a silly number. I think it was seven, wasn't it? A random little. Was it? Was it like four and then three? I've got a feeling. Yeah, I, might. I might be wrong. I hope I'm not wrong now. Okay, well, I shouldn't the... have asked now, should I? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that'd be really easy. But you've met, we've named pretty much all of them. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Point, point made, I think. Point made. Point, point, made. Made. Um, point made. And the last one relates to maybe the first one. Maybe it's a bit too hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then maybe we're, I'm just rubbish. We're, we're not so, brilliant. No, it's, 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 too <laughs> it's, it's too hard. It's too hard. So I mean, that's it, really. That's my my piece said that's on Eternal Champions. Eternal Champions worth worth having a look at. Definitely worth having yep. a look at. Yeah. So check it out if you haven't already. So yeah. we move on from a Mega Drive. Not classic. You would say that <laughs> um, Keith has landed a strong <laughs> blow. Right to my body. To your body. <laughs> <laughs> right. With that, with that, uh, you know, P 
piece on Eternal Champions. How do you ripost? Well, with difficulty, I think. However, the game, try. <laughs> the game I'm going to talk about does have quite an interesting... Um, I'm going to chuck it out there already, but I'll, I'll tease you guys a little bit. <laughs> the game I'm going to talk about, I would say, is mediocre at best, but it's got a secret. It's got a secret. And I'm going to keep the secret right to the end. And I reckon this secret could be the, the uppercut. Wow. The uppercut at the end. Finishing uppercut. Yeah, I reckon it could be. So, body blows. Body blows. Body blows. Okay. <laughs> now, as an Amiga uh, advocate and a huge fan of the Amiga and not getting the Mega Drive to a couple years later, beat em ups on the Amiga were. There wasn't a lot to choose from. Mm. And Street Fighter 2 was on it, and that was not a bad conversion. But what is the difficulty of having an Amiga game? Yeah, just one button. One button. One button. Because with the uh, with the Amiga, because I had mm. an old uh, copy of it, and it you had to use buttons on the keyboard, and it oh. just, if you didn't, if you had a joypad, you were screwed. If you had a joystick, you could kind of make it work, but that's right. It was odd, 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 odd. It was odd, and I think the people that converted Street Fighter to Amiga, they I don't sound too rude, but they kind of a rush job. They just got. It works much better on the console, doesn't it? Let's be honest. About it, it. it looks lovely though. I mean, let's be honest. The look, conf- the looks brilliant. But yeah, and you're still playing Street Fighter, so it's still good. It's but really isn't it like? Don't you have to like put a load of new disc in before you select each? Yeah. Oh yeah, well, you select yes. it. Yeah, if you go and move oh, into yeah. a different thing, you have to get a new disc. Oh, yeah. Yes, but that's not that's not uncommon that's, for the Amiga. I mean, no, that's, like, that's life, isn't it, for the Amiga? You know, I I played solidly on my Amiga for about two or three years, and I, I think most of the time was swapping the discs. Uh huh. Uh, you you try playing Monkey Island Two, the amount of discs you have to swap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the good old days. Right, Body Blows, right. released in 1993. Mm-hmm. By little drum roll, Team Seventeen. Man, we love Team Seventeen. Oh, that's got to be a podcast in the future because I, well, how much we love Team Seventeen? Well, yeah, I'm a massive fan. And I, they're, they're still making games now. They're still making games now. They're still making games now. And back then, if you if I saw a game with Team Seventeen on the box, I thought this is going to be a good game. You know, some yeah. cla- maybe some classic Team Seventeen games. Alien Breed. Boom, boom, boom. Like just. <laughs> Alien Breed. I'm thinking. I'm thinking Worms. That that, that is still big today. Yeah. Super Frog. They they released some great games actually back in the day. Now they. I like Team Seventeen because they 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 worked in different genres and they saw the Amiga didn't really have that sort of that sort of Street Fighter esque game. You know that that, that that could use the Amiga to its mm. full capacity. So they they basically thought we could make a Street Fighter game with a joystick and one button. And fair play to them. They they tried their best, I think. I would say it's got a lot of similarities to Street Fighter 2. Uh, I'll give you an example, guys. Two of the players, two of the characters, you can do rising uppercuts, you can do spinning special moves, you can <laughs> use your projectile shots, and they're, t- and, and they're basically the same sort of players. So. <laughs> and they're brothers, they're brothers, they're brothers. Um, I'll come to the characters a bit later. Look, Body Blows tries hard. But obviously, with the Amiga, you got one button limitations. Limitations, but actually, it did it all right. So you got your joystick. You have to move your joystick, then press the button in certain ways to different moves. Do you okay. Understand? Or keep the button held down, then move the joystick. And it was surprisingly all right. There's no way as good as a typical console controller, mm. but it was surprisingly not as bad uh, playability as you might imagine. Okay. The 
the first time I played Body Blaze was actually on a, a demo disc. With that same, I think I have the same demo disc. The same demo disc. <laughs> but I don't think I was as impressed with it as you were. Well, <laughs> although it was a fighting game on the Amiga. It was. So, you know, beggars can't be choosers. And I remember playing that demo disc, you know, two-player game with my brothers often. I enjoyed it very, very much. Very, very much. Now, it's, like I was saying, guys, it's, um, it took a bit of skill to, to, to get used to the used to the game and there are 11 characters 11 players in the game okay there's 10 players uh, so it's 11 characters that's 10 good we like, we, like a, we like a bit of variety I didn't realise there were that many characters in it there is have, only having played the demo I'm not liking the demo but okay. you know yeah. there there's a little I say there's 10 playable characters in one player you can only play 4 of them Oh, okay. That's a little bit. Oh, it's a bit weird. Yeah. You play four of the characters, and these are Danny, Junior, Nick, or Lorey. But in the two-player games, you, you can obviously select who you want out of the ten. There is one player that is a computer-only player, Ooh. and that's a little bit of a link to the surprise at the end, little twist. So okay. I'll come to that. Um, there's, there's, hey, a fair play to Body Blows. There's, there's a typical two-player, one-player mode. There's tournament mode. There's also a tag team mode as well. So okay. fair, fair play for two seventeen. They're That's trying to add a bit more. Early. I mean, again, that became common later on, didn't it? Did, didn't it? We see Capcom Cap games and all that kind of stuff. Are you ready to hear some reactions when this first game came out? Yeah. When did, sorry, what year did it come out? Nineteen ninety three. Ninety three. was a good year. It was a good year. Look, here we go. This is from CU Amiga. <laughs> the best beat 'em up money can buy. <laughs> yeah, this it was actually I remember it because um, I remember having a look at it at the shops when it came out. I think it was only about twenty quid, wasn't it? Yeah, it's ready to be cheap. It, game it, before, it yeah. wasn't like the like console games were like 40, mm-hmm. 45, 50 quid. Mm-hmm. Amiga games, okay, the high end was only about thirty quid. Yeah, Body Blows, I'm pretty sure it was only about fifteen, twenty hey, quid. My cousin, when um, Street Fighter Two was first released on the SNES, he, oh, import- he imported it. Before it came over here. Oh my oh, god, 70 quid. Oh. In 1992. Wow. God, that's like a thousand pounds. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, 15 quid. Oh. Bargain. Well, another okay, game. 91%. Jeez. We like that. Amiga format, a little bit lower. Not as good as the console Street Fighter 2, but it's a very close thing. <laughs> here we go. Amiga Power. A true corker of a game with undeniable influences. I'll talk about these influences a lot more soon. And the last one. This is my favourite one by The One. Have you heard of a magazine called The One? The yeah. One okay, well, 92%. And they literally say, if you thought Street Fighter 2 was the business, think again. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe these numbers. Uh, like, look, see you Amiga, 91%. Amiga format, 87%. I Amiga power, 89%. But you know what? The Amiga was waiting, it was waiting for a BMW, wasn't it? And we, desperate for one. I was desperate. gagging for it. I was gagging yeah, for it. Yes, for it. And, and when when you hear the plot, I think you guys have to admit this. This is this. You want to play it? Good. Let me say, I want to hear the plot. Here we go. From Boston to Barcelona to Moscow to Tokyo. Oh. Here's your ticket to tour the world and face the fiercest bone crushers ever to appear on your Amiga. Ooh. You'll meet Nick and Dan, the brothers of Bashery from Beantown. Cossack. The reddest. Cossack. The reddest rumbler of Moscow. I can't believe they called him Cossack. Oh, he's so lazy. Junior, the ex boxer from Britain. <laughs> and Maria, the maniac. I can't say maniacal. that. The maniacal. Maniacal. Maniacal, that's the word. <laughs> Madonna of Spain and many more. Take on each of them individually or engage in savage tournament play, wow. but choose your moves carefully. Each fighter has speed, agility, and strength, 
plus special moves that have been perfected through time and practice. Above all, each is hell-bent on destruction. Wow. Now that is great, isn't it? Yeah. i got to say, it's just not really good as the Eternal Champions part, but okay. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> but there's a dark secret. What's Ooh. the dark secret? Ooh. You can tell us coming to it, I'm coming to it. It better be good. Now look, there's a few characters. I'll go through four of them, okay? Then. We'll look at them. Actually, the four main characters you play in one player mode are the, the characters on the cover. So they've got four characters. Danny. Cossack. <laughs> he's, not, he's not on the cover. He didn't make oh, the cover. Not, oh, no, he's ooh. playable on two player. Oh, okay. Danny, street thug from a local gang. Uh, he wants to prove he's the best fighter around. And Nick, his younger brother, they look very similar. They have the same moves. Ryu and Ken, yep. little influence there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and basically, they've got the same moves as Ryu and Ken. I kid you not. <laughs> but the Hardukens look terrible, terrible. The spinning kicks are rubbish. Junior is a, is a British boxer who has been banned from boxing, but he's found a better calling than street fighting. There you go. Oh. Why has he been banned from boxing? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't think anyone knows. Did he bite boxing. someone's ear off? I wonder which Street Fighter character he was influenced I don't know. <laughs> uh, and Lol Ray, that is a Buddhist monk who left his Shaolin temple seeking fame and fortune. <laughs> okay. Oh, My favourite character. He's not a very good monk then, is he? No, he's seeking fame and fortune. Yeah. <laughs> he's the worst monk ever. Yeah. <laughs> but my favourite character This is called Mike. He doesn't sound too bad, Mike. is he? Mike. But he was a Wall Street executive. <laughs> he's got a suit on. You fight with a suit on, and he can he can he uses wind attacks because <laughs> well, he's because he's used to talking hot air. <laughs> yeah. So he can shoot tornadoes across across oh the screen. And if he wins, this is the baddest catchphrase ever. You know, or, when he beats someone, he literally says, "I'm sorry about that." <laughs> <laughs> he is brilliant. But actually, when you play, he wears, wears like, I think they must be dark glasses. They look, they look like ski goggles. A man in a suit with ski goggles oh shooting tornadoes at you. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. He was one of my favourite characters. There's a ninja. What was his name? The ninja. The ninja. Okay. Wow. Fastest creativity. Here. But look, he can, he, he can vanish. He can disappear. Wow. I, as a kid, I was like, whoa. You know, this is an amazing game. You can just disappear. A little bit like Predator. So sort of like little bit fuzzy lines and he could literally sneak up behind people he was great I really liked him um, yeah I mean the, the main boss you can't play him he's called Max oh, Max. Max he is strong man I tell you a strong built fighter um, he's definitely the strongest fighter in the game um, he's he's got a he's got a blanker move you need know, the electricity move as well oh, yeah. every street fighter move you can mention is in this game in some way <laughs> or not it's crazy so, how special the special moves? Not very special, truthfully. <laughs> um, they're literally, like I said, Street Fighter 2 being transferred to Body Blaze in just don't look as good either. Um, yeah, like I said, there wasn't loads of beat ups in the Amiga. It done pretty well, actually. You know, it, it worked well. I think it did well with the limitations of the Amiga. That's what I'm going to say. What was it, the secret? Ah, well. I'm going to come to that. Sorry, I'm going to re- I'm, I'm going to come excited. to that. I feel, like, I feel like a kid with sugar loads of sugar. But well, let me know. do the pluses and negatives and yeah, I'll reveal yeah. the secret. Is that okay, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. So, like I said, the, I'll kick off with the pluses. The music's pretty good, actually. Very funky kind of music, surprisingly. I think it's worth checking out. The far, It's fast action, quite easy to pick up. So, it it's plays good. quite quick. It's not a slow game. And, of course, the biggest plus is the dark secret at the end. Wait, it's coming, it's coming. So this is the biggest plus of the whole game? Yeah, well, I like the secret, it's good. Okay. But the negatives, like I said, most of the moves have been stolen from Street Fighter 2. They've just been stolen. Oh, Team 17. Um, One-button joystick, even though they did well with it, it doesn't limit the options. Yeah. It's not brilliant. The, the graphics are quite cartoony. I think 
at the time as a kid I thought well these are quite nice but really looking back you know it's I not, don't think it's aged very well no and, and the backgrounds are very simplistic as well the mm. characters look a bit you know Street Fighter 2 is kind of cartoony but really well done isn't oh, it yeah. mm. you know really well done this is like it's definitely down a few it's boxes. not as detailed is it I think the the the, the beauty of Street Fighter 2 is it's, it's in the detail mm. look at it look yeah. at how every pixel is in exactly the right place it's time it's time we're actually this mediocre at best you beat them up are you ready for this yeah right I told you earlier that the final boss is called Max now if you get, if you get to the final character and you beat Max you think you won the game but you have to fight Max again don't you why oh. well that's the thing when you beat Max the first time, you almost see his flesh falling off. Whoa. And what is underneath his flesh? An uh, endoskeleton. Um, correct. Correct. An exoskeleton. And he's actually called T-17. Oh, my God. <laughs> he looks like Terminator. He is called T-17. Wow. Man. So you, you I'll get sued. <laughs> it's great. Team seventeen, team seventeen, you get it, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, and actually I said Max was tough, and I, I suppose the T seventeen is still Max, but he is he's tough to beat. Mm. He's tough to beat. But finally he's a cyborg. He's a cyborg. But finally if you do beat him, and well done if that's quite a tough game actually, he will explode and vanish and you've won the game. Now that is a good dark secret, isn't it? That's pretty good actually. Yeah, and actually yeah. I think you can play as Max and even even T seventeen, I think, uh, but I think it's a later versions of the game. Oh, okay. I think it, it's not in the first game. It might be in the PC version actually as a cheat to do. Oh, yeah. um, I, I'll round up, guys. There was a couple of games after it, actually. It was initially followed by Body Blows Galactic. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? But was it in space? It was. Was it? It was, was in space. Oh, there was a lot of new characters, aliens, kind of like it's yeah. a bit more spacey, and um, again, not bad. And then finally, it finished with Ultimate Body Blows. Now this game took the all the characters from Body Blows, all the characters from Body Blows um, Galactic. <laughs> Galactic, all in one. Few extra characters, few extra uh, locations. Bish bash bosh. There you go. Yeah, uh, wasn't that on the Amiga CD thirty two? It was. I don't think it was uh, I think it might be anything. It was one of actually. those ill fated C D thirty two games. Do you know what? If I had an Amiga C D thirty two, I'd try and actually I'd source so get, that you'd game. so get that, right? Even though it pretty much was a was a repackage of the suit names, but that's Okay, game. Yeah. Two That's right. Wow, body blows. Body blows. Body blows. So okay. again, a little little secret, little twist at the end. But again, oh. it hasn't aged particularly well. <laughs> but if you want a bit of fun, try and try and play it if you can. Hmm. There you go. So <laughs> to our third and final. <laughs> did we save the best for last? I reckon we did. Dil, <laughs> I'm confident. <laughs> so Dill is going to talk about Balls. <laughs> Even more so than usual. Yeah. <laughs> Dill is going to talk balls. Um, it's it's getting late, listeners, you know. I'm not gonna waste too much of my time talking about balls. When, when 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 the boys raised the uh, the subject of alternate fighting games, <laughs> this one immediately sprung to mind for bad, bad reasons. So a lot of you won't know what balls is. Balls what is balls? Is. That's bad. <laughs> First, that, straight off, that sounds like bad grammar. Balls. What balls are? What balls is, and what balls will never be? Yes. Balls three D. <laughs> so I'm getting all. I'm getting all. Uh, it's the orange juice. It's the orange juice I drank. I drank too much orange juice. Balls three D, yeah. or uh, its full title, 
Ball 3D fighting at its ballsiest. <laughs> if you've ever seen the cover for balls, you will not know what the hell it is. It looks like a weird kind of sphery puzzle game. Uh, but no, it's not. It's a 3D fighting game. 3D fighting game published for the Mega Drive, the SNES, in 1994. And the 3DO, our beloved 3DO, oh. in 1995, all right, uh, by PF Design and published by Accolade, Boom. which is quite ironic because this game received no accolades, <laughs> especially from me. Uh, PF Design, renowned for making games with Z on the end instead of an S. Ooh. So balls. Can I guess some? Well, let's try and think. What else could I have said at the end? Woolworths? Yeah. Body blows. Body blows. Champions. Yeah. Okay, those are good guesses, but we've got pets. Pets. Dogs. Cats. And oddballs. Which could quite easily have been the name for this game. Anyway. So, it, you know, it's it's a. It's as 3D a game as you'll get on the Mega Drive. So what they've done is that the characters are actually made of 3D-ish looking spheres. Or... Balls! <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys just like it when I say balls. <laughs> so the 3D looking spheres, and they move around to you know make kicks and running and whatever. So which... The first point, you know, it it was different on the Mega Drive, yes. and it's actually quite a technical accomplishment. Yeah. So we could, we could give them an accolade for technical accolade for accolade for some making some making a machine that's a two D machine mm. actually produce something that looks a bit three D ish. Well, actually, some credit because that took some guts to do, didn't it? And it's a quite a ambitious. <laughs> no, but it's quite an ambitious project, wasn't it? It was. Fair? It was an ambitious project, and PF Magic. You know who one of the co-founders of PF, PF Magic was? I've got no idea. You should know. You interviewed Balls. Ed Balls would love a piece of this. You interviewed him the other day. Oh, um, Rob Fulop. Oh, of course, yeah. Rob Fulop, he of Night Trap and Demon Attack. Oh, I, I like Rob Fulop, yeah, so he was great. We love Rob, and he's a really nice guy, but Rob... <laughs> what were you thinking of, with this? Rob, he, I'm still waiting. Phone's still not ringing. <laughs> Phone's still not ringing. So, you've got the uh, the, the 3D Spheres uh, characters, and, you know, 1994... We're yeah, talking, mm. we're on the cusp of 3D gaming, mm -hmm. aren't we? Mm -hmm. So yeah. PlayStation 94, 95. Mm -hmm. So it had to be done, basically. So they did it, and it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> now, PF Design, uh, they have a, an, an, interesting, an interesting story. So PF Magic came about because of a failed hardware venture with AT&T. Oh, the phone guys. Yeah. Oh, okay. And Sega to build a Mega Drive accessory called the Edge. We like talking about Sega accessories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is another one called the Edge. 
which which was going to allow for online multiplayer online or multiplayer on drive wow before the way before oh the, the dreamcast was just the glint in someone's eye <laughs> like, you know, this was this was going to be it now say like sega channel and other things they try yeah. a lot of their ideas are now commonplace but multi you could have played balls <laughs> with your over the phone line with your mate you wow. could play balls against other people's you were balls <laughs> Can you believe balls online? <laughs> balls Don't online. type that into Google. <laughs> but, um, no. Yeah, so so Rob Fuller, I think a, a lot of a lot of the, the sort of the spin in his games was led by Night Trap. So mm. Night Trap, a lot of controversy, mm. a lot of unwanted attention. Mm. But a game that's actually quite funny. Yeah, the controversy. It was a storm in a teacup. Storm in a teacup. It was. So he, you know, with the cats and the dogs and the. Pets and the <laughs> balls. No, they were right. successful games, weren't they? Balls is quite cutesy. Yeah, yeah. Right, so it's got it's colourful. Um, it has. I don't think it has a, a plot like your your guys' games does. It's just <laughs> it's a tournament. It's a tournament. These balls characters are all fighting off each, at each other, and uh, in th- you know arenas that are in three sixty degrees, proper three sixty. Yeah, they were, weren't they? You can spin around. I, yeah. Don't remember. Mm-hmm. I don't remember playing it. You know what? Ambitious. I'd still I say it's ambitious. I think I learned it off you, Keith. Well, I, did, I did not own it. Did you own it? <laughs> How dare you? I didn't own it. How very dare you? I definitely uh, lent the Mega Drive version of someone at school. I didn't own it. I, I, Do I have it? Again, I must have rented it, but I didn't own it. There's no way. I'm looking at you. Don't look at me like that, man. I do not own balls. I have no balls. <laughs> so, okay, so the characters, then. If we're going to talk about characters. Yeah. So, the selection of characters is a little bit different from Body Blows and and eternal champions so I'm just going to name a couple I'm just going to go through a couple of them you've got a clown obviously is that his name? his name's a clown, a clown. no I'm not going to tell you the names I'm oh, going to bother sorry. writing the names down I'm not going to waste my time with balls anyway so, <laughs> a clown a bodybuilder a bit like Zangief uh, a rhino oh, okay a yeah. caveman a ballerina I'm going to stop there because and a monkey the monkey <laughs> a farting monkey <laughs> The bosses were even stranger. You had an ostrich yeah. who stuck her head in the ground, so making you make sure that you couldn't actually hit her. Okay. A kangaroo who kind of balanced on his tails and and um, kicked you kicked you in the face. Yeah. Which wasn't a great experience, let's be honest. Mm. And a dinosaur. Mm. Which, you know, let's mix them all together. They only made a ball. Well, they were made of the same thing. All made of balls. They all made of balls. <laughs> Um, how many balls did each character have on average would you say if you had to guess because <laughs> <laughs> well, you really want me to go into that. double entendre territory no, I don't, I don't. You, I'm just interested about the characters you are scratching at it Mr Wallet <laughs> and I don't like it anyway <laughs> so uh, I think I'm going to about 50 I think <laughs> about 50 each 10 a leg 10 an arm 10 a bit in the middle and okay maybe 60 70 that's a lot of balls that's a lot of balls there you go you want me to say it oh so so why don't I like it there's a okay <laughs> I, have to, I have to get on my big list here alright so I would say that the limitation of the 16 bit machines the three the 3DO version was actually pretty well received mm. but the uh, the limitation of the 16 bit machines didn't help it. So, it has a very bland look. So there's no textures on the floor. Mm-hmm. There's only textures on the balls. 
Oh, come on, you Pete, you Pete. Try to put a podcast Sorry. on you Anyway. There's textures on the ball. Okay, I'm going to move swiftly on. Yeah. The characters, I think, look ugly. I think even though... I think some of them look... So the clown looks pretty funky. Uh, the caveman... Is, is quite charismatic I think it's I think I remember funny. the caveman he had the club as well didn't he yeah, yeah. very so they, they nailed it with that but the others don't look good the backdrops are essentially TV screens with odd pictures and words flash on them with sexual innuendo oh. <laughs> so this is we would never stick to that level this is this is another reason why Balls wasn't greatly received because people thought they over-egged the, the innuendo pudding yeah they probably did uh, I'm going to give I'll give you a couple of examples <laughs> just because because I'm in that kind of mood. Um, nibble some knuckle. <laughs> nibble some knuckle. Nibble oh, some knuckle. Nice. Um, and my favourite one, which come which comes up quite a lot when you're fighting the ostrich, is afraid of bruising your balls. <laughs> it shouldn't be funny. That should not be funny. It's just I don't know what they were thinking. That it's it's such an odd game, and it makes you want to tear your hair up because it's it's. It's so innovative on so many levels, but it's just such a bad package, and it's aged horribly. It's a package. Stop, <laughs> stop I'm, that's not even... That wasn't even intentional. <laughs> Sorry. That wasn't even intentional. It, it, it's aged really bad, so the humour is bad in it, the graphics are bad. Oh, don't get me started on the sound. The sound effects are blood-curdling. Ooh. They are... When you pummel the clown, or pummel any of the female characters... It, it still gives me nightmares. You don't want to. I don't. I'm not even gonna try and imitate them. Or yeah. So if you want to give yourself nightmares, listeners, <laughs> play balls for a bit. Make um, turn the volume right up. Yeah. Make your mate play as the clown. Give him a thrashing, and then yeah, try and sleep afterwards. So it doesn't score well in any of that. It the the fights are boring. They're dull because you just spin around. In fact, a lot a lot of the times that the camera spins without you really wanting it to because you're moving away and to give the impression that you're moving around on that 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 plane the camera flips a lot so you end up punching thin air a lot of the time and when you don't and when you actually land blows if you get the other um the, your opponent in a headlock you pretty much won the one the, won the round <laughs> so okay. if you get, it's a bit like you know in Street Fighter when you get in a headlock and you don't bother doing anything and they just pummel you until you're yeah. until you're about yeah you can pretty much do that to the computer because to the computer opponent oh, okay. but it's so dull you don't want to complete the game you don't actually mm. want to get to the end and it's got some you know the boss fights are quite interesting mm. in in the way you know the, the the innovation kind of comes from there and you play a boss every couple of normal players and well, that's quite interesting it's it it has interesting <laughs> bits to it but. It's just, it's incredibly unresponsive. Yeah. I don't remember doing any kind of special moves, or if I did, it was completely by accident. So, a bit like Eternal Champions, <laughs> special, special moves-wise. Um, yeah, don't move away from your opponent, because that's when everything starts spinning, and it's worse, it's worse than playing Drive Club on VR. It's like, <laughs> you know, get, get out the sick bags. And... Yeah, the oh the sound effects. Oh my god, the the only thing I think that that can redeem it is is the innovation. And I think if you were doing a history of sixteen mm. bit games, 
Do you think they were reaching a bit too far, though, doing it on the... Man's the reach exceeds his grasp. <laughs> Never so much has that applied to a video yeah. game. Because yeah. we love Rob Fuller. I think he's done a lot of great work yeah. in the past. And I don't like knocking his work, but... Oh, balls is just... Yeah. But then, actually, it's probably, it's probably unfair to say that because even if it had been released on a 32-bit system, a lot of it, like the idea, like you said, about the humour and the idea of it... And it wouldn't have. It still wouldn't be great, would yeah. it? Yeah. So maybe it's just a flawed idea from the start. Well, yeah. And I don't, I don't know whether this, whether this is a happy coincidence, but the last boss in the game is actually the jester. And he's a cross between, I, I kind of, after I played it, I wrote this down, he's a cross between the T-1000 and Stephen King's It. What? Really? That's like the wor- so, worst nightmare. Is yeah. it? So is Max so, back, do you think? You said Max was like the T-17. The T-17 was a bit like Arnie, which was T-800? T- T- yeah. T-800. T-800. So I've written T-1000. down here that they just is like the T one thousand. Do you think under, under all these balls they're all robots? Is that what you're saying? Well, no. Well, the jester's actually like well, like he does that kind of Mercury thing. So he kind of does. He kind of like he can't, you can't you try and hit him. You can't, and then he goes his balls kind of yeah. his his balls kind of go into like that that kind of Mercury kind of puddle, and he moves right. around. Right, that's true. So it's you know, you know, the, there's a distinct Terminator influence in it's a Cyborg games, in Eternal Champions hey. as well. Rocks. There you so go. There's a theme. Ninety Cyborgs. <laughs> if you could make a spin-off film about any of those Cyborgs out of these three, three films, who would you watch them? What would you like to see? Uh, that sounds like a terrifying horror sci-fi <laughs> with a clown that can turn into a problem and uh, hello. come and get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'd watch that one then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> balls, well, balls 3D, can you imagine? Balls 3D, so, <laughs> you know, I think if you're a curious gamer, have a look at it. If you're uh, balls curious. If you're balls curious. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, actually, if you want to play a game on the Mega Drive with a, a decent game on the Mega Drive with a character made of spheres, Vector Man. Oh, Vector Man's a good game. Vector Man is good, and that's again another late title. Really good looking, um, and he was made of balls. But <laughs> that's a good game, and it doesn't have any of the annoying bits about no. balls in it. No. So, so yeah. yeah. Well, are we going to do? So I think between the three, yeah, Eternal Champions is the clear. <laughs> yeah, it's clear. yeah, I think it was the winner from day one. I think so. Even even Max's dark secret couldn't couldn't quite grasp the trophy. I was really hoping you were going to tell me his dark secret was that his surname was Power. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we know the surname, so you never know. It could be, be Max Power. Well, I think we could all agree, beat-em-ups, there's been some good, some bad, some ugly. I think we've covered all three of those. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> this, would, this would be one we could do again, definitely. There's so mm. many to choose from. Yeah, yeah. so be prepared, listeners, yeah. for another, another delve down into the dark alleys of beat-em-ups. Yeah. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch regarding this week's episode or anything else, you can tweet us at ArcadeAttackUK, at KeithBarlow82 and at Arcade underscore Adriano. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash ArcadeAttackUK. Please check out our website at ArcadeAttack.co.uk for lots of retro gaming goodness, interviews, reviews, features, top 10, etc. And you can also find all our previous podcasts there. Our podcasts are available to stream from the website and from SoundCloud 
and are available to download for free from Stitcher, Podbean and iTunes where you can also leave us a review and a rating which we would really, really appreciate. So until next time, take care and we'll speak to you soon.